Glory to God. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Good morning to you all that are joining us by Facebook this morning. We thank God for you. We thank God for the word. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that you sent to us because of your plan of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you had a plan of salvation. Amen. You had a plan to bring us into your family as your children. You had a plan, Lord God, to reconcile us, to bring us into harmony, back into harmony with you. Yes. Father, you had a plan that we would have a life that's fruitful in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit that comes to bring your word from the throne room. Bring your word and sow it deep into our hearts, Lord God, that we would grow up, that we would never be the same, that we would continually, continually be transformed into the image of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. And Lord, that we would share in his life. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for it and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? And we get to share in the life that Jesus Christ has. Folks looking at me like, who are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? Amen. We get to share in the life that Jesus Christ has. This is our testimony for our church here. That we're in live ministries where Jesus Christ is Lord. We're alive. Ministries is a church that is birthed out of Christ to be like our victorious Christ, a, a victorious church, a reigning church, and a companion with him in his glory. You know, he calls us, he told us that we're heirs. He says that we're heirs of God, and he says that we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's time for us to start living. Amen. It is time for us to begin to start living this life that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's time for us to have our minds renewed to the reality, the truth and the reality of God's plan of salvation through his son Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We're going to go over to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to start there this morning. And uh, we're going to look at, uh, I'm going to start right at verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Amen. Glory to God. And in, 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 in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in his counsel with the with God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And God said, let us make man in our image, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all uh, the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he him them no he him watch this I want you to get this in the image 
of God created he him. Watch this. Then he goes on to say, male and female created he them. But the him is the spirit. The him is that which is like him. But he wrapped the him with female, with male, and with female, which would imply that male and female that are possessors of the him, they each have a function, a particular function. Let's look at it. I mean, look at that. He said, in the image of God created he him. Then he said, male and female created the he them. So he created the him, which is our born again spirit. You see, that's, oh, glory to God. He never ever intended for a man to dominate a woman. He created them to be heirs and co-heirs together in the beginning. Because they were both possessors of the him. <laughs> Glory to God, isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Then, next verse, he goes on to say in verse 20, uh, 28, he says, And God blessed them, Amen. and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Everybody say, I've been created, I've been created to be fruitful. To be fruitful. And to multiply. And to multiply. You were created to be fruitful and to multiply. Then he goes on, he says, and to multiply and replenish the earth to subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth, moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I love this right here. He says, behold, I have given you herb bearing Seed. That's oh, this just gets gooder and gooder. Pastor Jimmy said, I have given you herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding what? Yielding seed. Alright? Yielding seed. So everything was created and yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. Glory to God. All right, so we know the story that God gave this to man. So how was Adam and Eve to rule? How were, how were they to have dominion? By every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, they were to rule with their words. They were to dominate with the words that came out of their mouth. Oh, Pastor, how are you? How are you? Well, because I can say it. Because that's what it's that's what it's saying. He gave them seeds. He gave them herbs that bear seeds. Amen? Amen. Let's go look at uh, Genesis chapter 3. 
and uh, Genesis chapter three. Bear with me. I give you some. Give it to you in a second, in a second here. Verse seventeen. And unto Adam he said, Because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife. And have eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. He said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Before he said he gave them herbs, bearing seed. And then they would eat of the eat that that's the way they would eat. But he's saying, Now, cursed is the ground because of your disobedience, because you, you hearken to the voice of your wife. He says, curse is the ground for your sake, and in sorrow you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall bring, uh, bring us forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was, were you taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall Return. Now, think about that. My, 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 my God. Think about that. Hit man had everything and all he had to do was just speak it. All he had was move about and take of it and eat of it. You know, every, you know everything that, with the exception of that one tree. Here God gave them herb, and, and, and whatever, they, whatever, herb, whatever herb he gave them, it was going to continually produce Seed. More seed to produce more. Seed upon seed. I, you and I, were command was created to be fruitful. Amen. But we know the story. When when death, when when disobedience came, death came. And I'm talking about spiritual death. The earth was cursed. Man became cursed. Man had no victory within himself, and he, he had absolutely no victory within himself at all. But God. I want to look at, um, doggone it, I left my scripture in the room. I want to pull up the scripture that says that he sent his word, I think it's uh, Psalms 120. He sent his word to heal them. Glory to God. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. He sent his word, I believe it's Psalm 120. One twenty and verse. No. Oh yeah, maybe so. Boom. You still you got it, brother? No, sir, I got it. Hold on one second. I've got nowhere to go and all day to get there. You don't get anywhere to go. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 20, right? Is that it? Yep. All right. Psalm 107, verse 20. Let's look at this. Because man was destitute. Man was desperate. Man was defeated. Man was beat up. Amen? Watch this. But God. But God. The scripture says that he sent his word, the 
same word that they had in the beginning had they not messed up. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from our destructions. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. In other words, who was his word? Jesus. Jesus. He sent Jesus to heal us and to deliver us. To be delivered from what? From the powers of darkness. Go to Colossians chapter 1. I believe it's verse 13. Well, I'll tell you what, this is good to me. I'm going somewhere with it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Matter of fact, let's start at verse 10 and read down to 13 because it's so good. All right. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and bring what? Is it up there? Yeah. That, and be what? Fruitful. Fruitful. You see, he told them to be fruitful and all they did was they made a mess of it. But now he's telling us here that you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Everybody say I'm fruitful. I'm fruitful. He made me to be fruitful. He made me to be fruitful. Amen? Yeah. So he says here, uh, being fruitful in every good work and increasing. He made me to increase. Say it. He made me to increase and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, he strengthens me according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Lord, unto the Father, which hath made us meet. We talked about that word last week, which made us meet, which means he has qualified us. He's made us qualified to be a partaker, a partner, to be a partaker, to be a partner of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now watch this. He sent his word and healed them, right? And he delivered them, right, from all their destructions. Look at this next verse. He said, who have delivered us from the powers of darkness, who has delivered us from the powers of darkness, and he has translated us, he has placed us, he has moved us, he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And now we can produce fruit. And now we increase. Glory to God. We're created to produce. We're created to produce fruit. We're created to increase. And it's important for us to realize it. It's important for us to know it. God has provided Jesus for us. And Jesus is referred to as the Word of God. He's referred to as the Word of God. Or the logos. That's the Greek word. And this Greek word is it's rich. Not only is it very rich, it's all-inclusive. You have to understand that it's all-inclusive. In, and, uh, and uh, 
you know, the fact that it's inclusive means that there is some addition to us. There's some increase. There's some fruit for us. There, this terminology describing uh, this terminology describes Jesus. Um, it helps us to realize that this this word that we're talking about is more than just a spoken word. Yes. That this is logos. That Jesus was the logic of God. And this word, like we saw in the Old Testament, these herbs, it would produce seeds. That would produce seeds. This word is about the ability and the power of God on our behalf working in our lives. Producing. Producing fruit. Amen? Amen. In other words, God's word Remember, they received death upon themselves in the Old Testament. But through Lagos, Lagos produces life. So, Jesus, the word, the Logos, is about life uh, being produced through him, for us, and to us. Amen? Amen. Do you believe it this morning? Yes. In other words, he's filled with life. John chapter 1, verse 3. Would you go over there for me? Oh, verse 3 and 4. John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We've talked about resurrection life a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the blood of Jesus. We found out that life was in the blood. Last week, we began to talk about eternal life, and we talked about the kingdom. Well, now we're going to talk about what God provided What's in the kingdom for us? There is seed. There is seed so that we can be fruitful. That's why we got to get our, line, our words lined up. We got to get our words right. Yeah. We got to understand how important the word of God is to us. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him, verse 4, and in him was life. Zoe, the God kind of life. The, and the life was the light of men. Glory to God. So here we see it again. In him was life. In the word was life. And the logos refers to life. And God's logic is life. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, I have the life of God. I have the life, I have the life of God. On my behalf. On my behalf. All right. So we're going to talk about some seeds this morning. All right, we're going to look at how important it is and, I, I, and to understand that the word given, the word given is seed for us today. The word that was given to us. Go to Mark chapter 4 and let's look at the parable of the, of the sower. We're going to look at what he's given us, why the word, the word that is to produce doesn't produce in some people, but does produce in others. Okay? Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 4, 
and we'll start at verse 1. And he began, uh, he, he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and he sat on the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and, and it yielded no fruit. Mm, yielded no fruit. <laughs> Glory to God. And others fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought, some, brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100 and some 100, okay? And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. All right? Now, so here we see he gives this parable of the sower. We understand that he said these things and, and, and the people didn't really understand it. So now he goes and he's going to minister to the disciples here. And he says this in verse 10. And, and when... Uh, he was alone. They that, with, uh, that were uh, about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without these things are done in parables. Do you know, we talked about kingdom last week. Do you know that those of us in the kingdom are supposed to have understanding and supposed to have revelation? That he's given that to us, that it belongs to us? Do you know that this is this belongs to us? Yes. Do you know revelation is yours? Yes. He said in Ephesians chapter uh, 1, verse 18, 17, he says that uh, the God Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That's the eyes of your heart. That they would be enlightened, enlightened and that you would know what was the hope of his calling. He goes on to talk about And that you would know the hope of his calling. In other words, that you would know it, that you would experience it. Amen? Amen. That you would experience it. All right, so it's for you to know. It's for every believer to know. So now he's talking to his disciples in verse 10 here. Um, in verse 10 here, and he says, <clears throat> that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, less, meaning to prevent the possibility that any time they could be converted and their sins should be forgiven. And he said unto them, know you not that this parable, how then will you know, know you not this parable, how then will you know all parable? And the, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Amen. We should sow the word. God sows the word, but we should receive the word. I put it that way. Our heart should be good soil so that this 
seed has somewhere to germinate and somewhere to, yes. to produce. Okay? And so the sower sows the word. And these are they that by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their heart. Okay? Then he goes on and he says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they had heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and has no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of, the, uh, of other things, enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Let me tell you something. The word is all, the seed, the word is seed, and it always produces. If it's not producing in your life, it's not the word, it's not the seed, there's some ground that needs to be tilled. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive, and bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. All right, let's look at the first one. All right. Our first misunderstanding about this parable is this, is the seed sown by the wayside. It was never sown in their heart, okay? The translators, you know, in the original translation, it was never, that didn't imply that it was sown in their heart. It wasn't inserted to their heart, all right? It wasn't in their heart. Satan didn't steal a word from somebody's heart, all right? The word heart is not only in the original text, I mean, it's not in the original text, okay? And uh, obviously, my point is the word was never really sown in their heart. It didn't get that far, in other words. When it says Satan came immediately, all right, they could literally read, he found a place of influence. In other words, Satan was looking when the word was sown, he went to a place that they could be influenced so that the word wouldn't be sown in their heart. So immediately they couldn't receive it. They wouldn't receive it. Because he right away, he does not want you to believe the word. He doesn't want you to hear the word. He wants to stop the word from being fruitful in your life because if if, if the word is fruitful in your life, then he can have no more dominion and no more rule over you. Amen? Amen. I know this ain't the most exciting message right now, but it's real. It calls you to take a look at where we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, he found a place of opportunity. All right? He found a place to come in, to enter in. Think about Jesus. When Jesus was, uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Let me show you something. When Jesus was, uh, when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan came to approach him. He was looking for an opportunity to catch him in his weakness. Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Verse 2. 
And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hunger. Verse 3. And when the tempter came, he said unto him, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. You see the opportunity? You see where he came? Because he knew he was hungry. He knew that he felt like he was hungry, he would be weak. Right? That he would be weak. Now here's an opportunity to, to challenge him. Or, or to get him off of what God has planned for him to do. Okay? And then, and then the next, what's the next verse? But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he didn't enter into Jesus' heart, did he? Same way he doesn't enter our hearts that way. But he comes to try to influence. He comes to influence. Satan came after Jesus after he'd been fasting for 40 days. All right? See, they're, they're, these are three areas where Jesus was challenged. He was challenged in, uh, in, in, in those areas where he had a, an opportunity to, well, Satan thought he had an opportunity to, call, to cause Jesus to, to fail. Let's go to the second group. The second group had the word sown on stony ground. All right? The fact is, all right, that the word couldn't find root. Okay? It couldn't find root. Why? The word was received and really had no access to their heart. In other words, they didn't let them in. The King James, uh, in verse... Uh, in one place, I can't remember, it says, but pressure arose and the word became uh, and they became offended okay so pressure from the word the word began to minister to them began to show them who they are what they were doing and, and, and they became offended how many people become offended when they read in the word oh that can't be so it's just like people who don't want to change as, as uh, uh, they, they say, well, I'm born again, I'm saved, but they want to continue in the lifestyle that they have. So the word is unfruitful, it's not going to work on them because they have no, 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 uh, it brings offense. In other words, the truth that has the most potential to set you free also has the most potential to offend you. So they became offended. They became uh, offended. You got to remember that we all believe. You know, we always believe. A lot of us believe that we're that we're right, and the way do, we do things is right. All right. But if I do something is right, then it should what? It should be fruitful in my life. It should produce fruit. It should be good. And when the word is in opposition to my opinion, the word is not wrong. It means that who's wrong? It I means am. that I'm wrong. This ain't a very pleasant message today either. It'll make you squirm a little bit, won't you? Won't it? it makes me squirm. I'll tell you right now, I told you guys that last night, the last couple of nights, or last night, and, and even this morning, I said, I got chastised so good. Amen? Because I don't like being wrong. <laughs> Amen? Nobody does. I don't like being wrong, but the word, uh, but the word has a way of presenting me with two options. Either reject God's word or surrender my opinion. 
I prefer to surrender my opinion. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to either reject God's word or I'm going to surrender my opinion. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to come alive to the life that God has given me in Christ Jesus. All right? I'm either going to save myself or I'm going to die to God's truth. I'm not going to save myself. I'm going to let he save me. Amen. And I'm going to be alive unto God's truth. Amen. I think I said that kind of cockeyed, but that's all right. You know, you get my point. You see, the problem is people aren't willing to repent. Not really, and, and what is repentance? Repentance is having a change of mind. Repentance is not about, I'm going to stop doing this. You'll stop doing this when you change your mind. You'll stop That's doing right. this when you accept God's view and God's opinion right. and God's reality over your view and your opinion and your reality. And the Word will work in you. Yes. Amen? We need the Word to work on the inside of us. Amen? <clears throat> the third group heard the Word but their heart was filled with other things. They had so many, so many other things. They had so many other things going on in their life. There was no place for God's word in their heart. In other words, this group is typical of you know when Jesus, what Jesus meant when he says, matter of fact, it's in Matthew six twenty one. Let's look at it. Matthew six twenty one. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the place that you look for hope and security and fulfillment uh, is where the, thorn, the thorns came in and choke out the word. And it makes it unfruitful. In other words, these folk, they love what the world can offer. Not what God can offer. They love what the world can offer. I don't want... They value the world. Therefore, uh, uh, the, the value of God wasn't in them or the love of God was, wasn't on the inside of them. They heard the word, but they had no... You know, they valued the things of the world more. And there's so many believers like that. So many believers like that. And we know... We can all be like that. We prefer the things of the world. We make them more important. You know, a couple weeks ago, I went into my um, thing. I guess you saw the video, but Pearlene took the, the video. But my thing is, I just want, and, but it started, you know, I had to, the Lord really chastised me about that. I had to look at myself first. What do I value more? Do I value the things of this world more? Do I value, let me say this cautiously, but I think you'll get the picture. As a pastor, if my focus is more this church and the number of people in this church, or you know, with this, if, if that's my focus, more than my focus is the worship of God. I was talk, talking to Pastor Perlin about this last night of entering in the inner court and worshiping God with everything that's on the inside of me. And not being concerned about anything. I don't own a church. That's right. He owns a church. That's right. He needs somebody that will rely on him 
to do his work on the inside of them so that the church can be built. Amen. So, pastors have to die. Right? Yep. You have to die so that he can live. Amen. We all have to die. We have to die so that he can live, so that fruit can be produced, not of any hard work or any labor that we do, That's right. but, but what he does through our entering in uh, into that holy place, into that place of worship, into that place where we, you know, our sole purpose is to be here to make his will the most important thing. Is what is, Father, is to seek his will and not to go get a book or a, a guide, a book of guidelines on how to build a church or how to live. No, no. What does God say? What does he want in the church? What does he want for the body of Christ? What does he want? In other words, what does he want the outer court to look like? That's right. Because believe it or not, this here is the outer court. Yep. And the inner court is just me and it's him. That's right. Amen. 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 So what does he want it to look like? I love when people come back and talk about how to get blessed by the word, you know, that God's given us to preach. You know, we love preaching Jesus. And I love to hear that. But I also know that is his word. That's right. So I had to change my focus. My time, this is all done with the sowing of seed. This is all done with with the word of God. This is all done with me going into the Holy of Holies and giving him back his word and speaking and communicating with him. He communicated me and we talked back and forth and he's laying out the plan and he's moving in the outer court and when I get to the outer court and then I can see what that time in the inner court has brought us out here. Amen? Amen. Somebody say amen. If you amen. amen. Let's keep going. So, did I read that verse? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. If I set my heart, now I'm not even going to go out inside into the world. I'm just going to go outside. If I set my heart on packing the church out with numbers, you know, it probably will never happen. But if I set my heart on what he wants, on what he where it says on his view and his opinion and his reality, on his glory, glory to God, then, then we will be fruitful. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Is this blessing anybody this morning? Yes. Well, if it's not, you better just you better start getting blessed. Amen. All right? All right. So that that third group was the, uh, the place they looked for hope and security and fulfillment was thorns, and it choked out the word. And they made it unfruitful, all right? They loved and valued the word more than they loved and valued God. And so the word, there was no place for the word to work on the, in, on the inside of them. Amen? Amen. If we become fixated on trying 
to analyze every aspect of who did or did not receive the word, we'll miss the whole point of this problem. We'll miss it. The primary point of this parable is the instructions he gave about how to make the word bear fruit. The final group of people received the word in their heart, all right, and their hearts weren't full of the cares of this world. I gotta give you an example. My wife, she used to get on my nerves. I mean, everything could be falling down around her. And she'd be just like this. I mean, she just, I'd be ranting and raving and acting crazy. I mean, I think my kids, they'll tell you, I did more yelling than anybody you, would, you could ever know. And I did it loudly. I mean, she would be just like this. And I would turn around and I would just, I'm seriously, I would turn and say, you don't even care, do you? This is how, I'll never forget it, I'll never forget this. Um, we left New York, and we were living in New York at the time, we drove over to New Jersey. And uh, I knew I needed gas, but gas was cheaper in Jersey, so I figured I'd wait to get to Jersey and get gas. This was way back then when, actually, we had a gas shortage back then, too. And it was a shortage then. So we drive over to New Jersey, and uh, I forgot to get gas. Now, I don't know, on a Saturday afternoon, I know you have. Have you ever tried to drive back into New York on the New Jersey Turnpike and across the George Washington Bridge on a Saturday afternoon? Man, I tell you right now, it is jam-packed. Nothing moves. You inch your way into New York. You are inching, and it's summertime, and it's hot. And you're in the car, and I probably had a cold car back then and didn't have no air conditioning in the car, and it's hot and it's sweaty, and I'm running out of gas. I don't care about all the other stuff. Right now, the gas is the priority. This thing is sitting on empty. It is laying over there on empty, like, I mean, laying like very comfortably. And I'm sitting there, I need gas. I just traveled that move, I need gas. And this chick, excuse me, honey, is sitting over here like this. I said, what's wrong with you? We ain't got no gas. You don't care. She said, oh, honey, don't worry about it. Jesus is good. I said, Jesus ain't going to put no gas in this car. She said, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. Man, shoot. We get through that traffic. I got to drive all the way up to Mount Vernon. We get through that traffic. The traffic finally opens up. We get through that traffic. And I'm riding up to Major Deacon under the chapter like, yeah, boy, I'm going to make it now. <laughs> now, thank God she was in that car, believe me, because I was freaking out. She was not moved by the circumstances. You see, these people that are fruitful are not moved or not moved by the cares of this world. They're not moved by the cares of life. But something different happened in these people. Something different. Why didn't the word bring forth? Why didn't the word bring forth in them and not in the other folks? Why? Because all the other groups committed one word that in the Greek, uh, this word amiss. They heard amiss. They asked amiss. In other words, they asked to heap things up on their own personal, their own personal, uh, you know. And this word, um, there's nine 
Greek words to describe sin. And this word amiss is one of them. But they didn't hear amiss. The word went into good ground. It went into good soil. They didn't hear amiss. They heard the word that would set them free. They heard the word that would set them free. Alright? Amen. Amen. Not only that, they gave attention to the word. The word was important to them. Man, I'll tell you right now, and I'll go back to my wife again. The word was important to her. It was important to her. That's all I ever heard in my house. From the time I married this woman, all I ever heard was the word of God. I'm like, did I marry Jesus or something? What a bad girl. I'm telling you the honest truth. Her heart was settled on the things of God. That little bitty woman would say things. She would say, you know, I, I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons. She, she would stand right there when I wasn't so lovely, and she would only speak the word. She would speak the word. She'd say, you're a man of God. I'll t I always tell the story. Y'all heard me tell the story about I was sitting there as a preacher on TV. I was mocking this cat. I was moving. I was getting down. 5.15 in the afternoon or something like that. And, and she had him on TV, minister out in California. He was just preaching. And I was just mocking him. And I wasn't thinking about serving God. I was just trying to get on her nerves. And she stands there. And she said, that's okay, baby. Go ahead. Because you're going to preach the gospel one day. <laughs> she said, you're going to preach the gospel. What am I doing? Look at you. Hallelujah. Because she wasn't moved. And it produced life in her marriage. It produced life in her family. It produced life. In, it, it just produces life. And it continually produces life. And it's going to continually produces, produce life. Amen? Mm -hmm. It's going to continue to produce life. Thank you, Jesus. She was not moved by what she saw. Amen? can't make excuses for God's word if it's not working in our life. We need to get, we need to find out what it is. We need to give, we need to sound and we need to give time to the word of God. We need to meditate on the word of God. We need to make God's word our priority. If all the word that you're getting is what you're getting here today and what you might pick up Wednesday night, if that's all the word you're getting, how do you expect it to produce fruit in your life? That's right. That prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. When they prayed that prayer, you know, and so many of us have no idea what that means. Give us this day our daily bread in that prayer. And people are thinking, Lord, just feed me food. Make sure I got food on my table. No. Your daily bread is his word. That's right. Jesus. You're dealing with and he gave you his word. I keep thinking about that prayer and I keep thinking about how people pray that prayer and people have it up on the churches and they have it up here or wherever. I'm going to talk just about church or wherever. And when people want to pray, they get around in a circle they don't know nothing else to pray and then they start praying what they call the Lord's Prayer. They're praying something that's already that God's already done it. You, you, that means you're still looking for something that he's already done. 
I have my daily bread right here. I have been delivered. We saw this to deliver us from evil. I have been delivered. We saw in Galatians, not in Galatians, in Colossians chapter 1. I have been delivered. We have been delivered. I have deliverance. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom has come. God's will is to be done in the earth through you and me. It's to be done. Thy kingdom come. He said the kingdom is not a place of observation. He said the kingdom shall be where? In you. But he had to die first. And he had to resurrect. Amen? Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. We have to make this word a priority. And it has to be our, it's our daily bread. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So the word was unfruitful in, in, uh, in, in those categories, but there was the place where the word was fruitful. And a heart that is good soil. Amen? Amen. A heart that is prepared to receive a willing heart and a heart that wants the word to change them, to transform them. Not, you know, too many of us, we want to get the word in us so we can have information, so we can sound a certain way. And there are people, I know folks got, they got the word all up in here, but it's not settled in here. It's what you do in the inner court that's going to change the outer court. That's Amen? Right. That's right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. God created you and me. He created us to be fruitful. And when the enemy came and he stole, he stole away... The, the, God sent his word and he sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from all of our distresses and to bring us back in all our destructions and to bring us back into the fold and to reconcile us uh, reconcile us to bring us back into harmony with him as, as our Lord and our Savior or as God our, 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 our Father our Father and that we're his children and he says that we've been qualified and that we're in his family and we're partakers we're partners with Jesus and we have the inheritance that Jesus has we're in that inheritance hallelujah but it's going to take the understanding of the word in your heart to bring those things into reality for you amen amen glory to God hallelujah well, praise God, if you've been watching with us today and you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you feel a tucking on your heart, you, say, you know this, this word that the Lord is sent by, this, by the man of God today uh, is it, doing, I, you know, something's going on. Well, that's his, this is your point in time to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Jesus died for you. He paid a price for you you couldn't pay for yourself. In other words, because... We were birthed into sin, not just because we sinned, but we were birthed into sin because of Adam and Eve. In other words, sin came up with all men. The scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the scripture also tells us that neither is there salvation in any other, Acts 4.12. 
Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus. Because of what he's come to do for us. God sent him to heal us. He sent him to deliver us from our destruction. He sent him to die and pay a price because the wages of sin that was upon us, sin which was upon us, the wages of sin was death. And somebody had to pay that price in order for us to be saved. We couldn't pay it because we weren't worthy. But Jesus came to pay that debt for you and for me and for the entire world. And all he asked us to do is receive what he did. He said, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. So if you pray with me today, say, Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. I want to receive this salvation. So, Father, I ask. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that he rose again. I believe that he paid my debt. I believe that he shed his blood for me. And I believe that he rose again. And so I ask Jesus to come into my life, to live in me, to be my Savior. I accept what you've done. I ask you to be my Savior. And I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, then we welcome you into the family of God. We declare what God declares that you are a partaker, I've become a partaker of the life and nature of God. That you're no longer on the outside looking in, that you're in the family of God. And God wants to bless you. He wants you to learn of Him. He wants you to learn of Jesus Christ. He wants you to get into a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church so that you can hear the Word of God and you can be disciples, so that you can grow up and you can find out who you become and who you become. And, and, and understand that, that uh, God's not angry with you, but that he loves you and he wants you to grow up and to receive all that he's done for you and is through, in and through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you all have a blessed Sunday because God is good. Everybody say, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. My, Lord. my Lord. Amen.